A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Goldilocks Productions presentation of the In the Psychic Flow Show with Carolyn Carey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Psychic Flow. We are delighted to have you with us tonight on Facebook, Periscope, let's see, where else are we? Spotify, um, I said Facebook, right? YouTube channel, so thank you for tuning in. We have people tuning in from everyone, from everywhere. Hi, Linnell, how are you? Uh, we have a wonderful guest with us this evening. I'm delighted to welcome uh, Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, back with us tonight. He is the author of Never Letting Go, Evidence of Eternity, and his website is evidenceofeternity.com. Mark, welcome to In the Second Flow once more. Thank you, Caroline. It's always, I love working with you. We always have such a good time and, and really riveting discussions. And I want to also thank everybody for tuning in this evening. You are such a scholar and a gentleman, I have to say. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things with you, but let me just give a little bit of your background. And it will be a little bit because your background is, is has quite a few accolades and quite a few accomplishments. So I'm going to try to nutshell it so people that have not heard of you, which is hard to believe, will understand where you're coming from. Uh, we are delighted to have Mark with us. He is an Oxford-educated trial attorney licensed in Florida, Washington, D.C., and the Supreme Court. He is a legal analyst, psychic medium, paranormal expert. He is a psychic detective as well, I believe, and a near-death experienced uh, speaker and teacher. And, of course, he is an author. Um, I don't think I left anything out, but I'm sure Mark can expand on some of those things. I have a couple of things I want to ask him about. And one in particular, Mark, um, by the way, how are you doing? And it's so good to have you. I'm doing great. We're keeping an eye on uh, 
um, this hurricane in the Caribbean. I live in East Coast Central Florida. You're so, going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're going to have a rather eventful weekend, um, but uh, hopefully not too bad. But uh, other than that, I, I can't really complain. Um, you know, this COVID, the COVID pandemic, which is not a hoax, and the people who think it is are are sadly mistaken. Um, I I think that it comes down to this. We're on our own. It's up to you, your personal responsibility, and your intellect to get through this. It's very clear we cannot rely on, on uh, outside influences. And I think it's very important to read what the World Health Organization, the CDC, Johns Hopkins, Mayo Clinic have to say about these things. I know that social distancing is important. Wearing a mask is important washing your hands, using basic common sense. And I also believe that if people start doing this, it's also going to decrease the amount of the um, cases of the flu, of the cold, of, of bronchitis, of strep throat, because a lot of them are spread in a similar way. So as terrible as this is, perhaps in the long run, it is increasing awareness of how diseases are are spread. Um, you know, Caroline, I spent a lot of time in the Far East, and when people there are sick, they wear a mask when they go out in public, or yes. you know, and their companies uh, they want them to stay home, get over it before you come back, because in in Japan in particular, and also in Korea. Uh, you have to think not of yourself, but of how you affect others. And so if you're sick, you stay home. Or if you have to go out, you wear a mask. Right. And there, right. people aren't saying, oh, you're infringing on my rights. It has nothing to do with your rights. It has to do with the gray matter that's in here. Don't infect other people, okay? This isn't about world control. This is about not spreading disease, and um, unfortunately, there's people who have politicized this and they're going to they're they are firmly convinced that, you know, this is this is a hoax and some type of political ploy. When if you examine human history, there are pandemics of roughly every century to a century and a half. The last one being the Spanish flu. Before that, um, there was a, a, the plague of 1665. Before that, there was the sweating sickness in the early 1500s. And you go back to the bubonic plague and, and uh, further back in history. So there's nothing new or exciting about a pandemic. So you have to be on your guard, take the precautions. And if history has also taught us anything, is that in time, it will pass. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting today, I just saw, and I think it was on... Uh, MSNBC, I saw the headline, they have determined that there might be six, five or six, I think it was six different types of COVID. Now that could explain why different people have different reactions. So they were listing a lot of the different symptoms. That just came out today, I think. So I have to read more about that. Yeah, it's not unusual. Plus it mutates so rapidly. Right. Um, And also there was a study that came out of, I think it was out of Germany, it appears that people with type O blood seem to be more resistant to it or don't get it as severely as people with yes. type A blood. And mm-hmm. so that's just a couple of the factors. And, you know, that's why, you know, when I go out in public, I mean, God, I almost look like Darth Vader anymore. I've got my mask on, got this plastic shield and we're, we're like, 
you know, because the thing is, um, since I've been a kid, I mean, when I was born, I was a loo baby. I wasn't breathing. I had to be resuscitated. And I, and, and, and uh, I remember my parents telling me, uh, the doctor said, we don't think he's going to make it. And my mom said, you work on him. You, you stick your face. She, you know, they, she started yelling. So they held me upside down and they're smacking me. And they got, and all of a sudden I start coughing. And then um, at age three and a half, I start seeing spirits and my parents uh, having these abilities as well saw this. But then at age four, I got really sick with impetigo to the point where I developed septicemia and I went into cardiopulmonary failure and I died. I flatlined. Um, I had a near-death experience when this happened and I had to be defibrillated. I got to be shocked back into life. And so upper respiratory ailments in me uh, don't mix very well. And so people need to realize that no one is immune. I've got a friend in Hollywood and he's an actor. He's a big muscle guy and all this. I mean, he's the type of guy that looks like nothing could harm him. Well, he got it back in the beginning of March and he said he's still hacking up blood and he's lost like 30 pounds of muscle. He goes, my God, this is the worst thing that has ever happened. So, it doesn't matter who you are. The disease is not a bigot. It doesn't discriminate. It'll come after anyone. So I don't want to go on and on about that, Caroline, but I think it's important because a lot of people look up to you and, and they come to me for advice. I'm sure there's a lot of people who disagree with me, and that's part of living in a democracy. But I will say this. If you disagree with me on this, you're wrong. Okay, Caroline, back to you. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for talking about that. No, it's important. It really is. And that kind of confirms and alleviates a lot of, um, I, I think, different opinions going on there. I, I really, I think people really appreciate your insight on this and your wisdom. So thank you for sharing that. As long as you're sharing it, we're talking about, nice seg- segue there, about the word bigot. We're going to post this uh, as soon as we give it to Tiffany. You did a wonderful podcast with Anthony Profeta, who I was not familiar with before, but I listened to this podcast today, and it was, uh, what was it called, Mark? It is called Nobody is Born a Bigot. No one is born a bigot, yes. Um, Anthony Profeta, he is a a friend and colleague of mine. He is a a minister, and um, he's Christian-oriented, but he teaches meditation, and he uh, also... uh, he will preach from the Bible, from Hindu scripture, from Buddhist scripture. Anthony is, is a true light worker and a, a deep, a deep man of faith, a man of deep faith. And he and I were talking uh, a couple weeks back, about a month or so ago, about what was going on with the protests in the wake of George Floyd and how racial tensions <clears throat> were just are just off the scale in this country. And I think that that also is a side effect of COVID. Millions of people are out of work. People are, are stressed. They're, they're unhappy. They're miserable. Tensions are rising and flaring. And COVID is, is festering and, and bringing up like the, the worst in everything. So we decided to do a Zoom, a Zoom meeting and entitled No One is Born a Bigot, where he talked about um, where this comes from you know, inside of you, and what is that? Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Sugar. Sorry. And um, and then I um, also 
uh, talked about about uh, where prejudice comes from, and also implementing a technique uh, that I, I developed called um, R A R R. I feel like R, like a pirate R. And it's uh, when you get a, you know, because prejudice has its roots in prejudging somebody. But before we get into that, so we were scheduled to do this a week ago tonight, um, uh, Thursday the twenty third. And uh, there was about 50 or 60 people coming into the, uh, to the, the Zoom meeting and more were coming in. And I was getting ready and, you know, Anthony and I were on. And all of a sudden we got hacked by racists. And they came in and they started saying the most horrifying racial slurs using the N-word, uh, screaming, hang them by the tree. And then they flooded the screens. They were able to come in, take over and put the most vile and disgusting pornography on there. So we had to shut down the entire meeting. Um, I understand this has been done to the Dalai Lama. It's been done to Ram Das. It's been done to uh, an elementary school um, online meeting. So apparently there's hackers out there who think it's funny to, to say the most offensive things and show pornography. The sad thing was from their voices, they sounded to be in their late teens and early 20s. And all I could think is, where does vitriolic hatred on that scale come from and, and in the 21st century in, in young people? Well, a friend of mine, Jim Mallard, the host of the Mallard Report, uh, a radio show, a great, great radio show that, that um, has paranormal and spiritual themes. He heard it and he contacted me when he saw what had happened. And he said, Mark, come on my show. So last night, he de- dedicated the entire hour of the Mallard Report to no one is born a bigot. So although those um, room temperature IQ, and I'm being generous there, moron racists, thought they were shutting us down, instead of us talking to 50 or 60 people, we ended up talking to at least 100,000. So uh, I guess uh, um, the universe is, is uh, certainly one of karma. Um, I've had some people say, you know, Mark, you're awfully judgmental, calling those racist morons. But uh, excuse me, but racists are morons. And um, it is an arcane and unnecessary line of thinking. Now, let me be a little bit more serious now with R. When you when you're prejudiced, this is a the root word is prejudging. You're prejudging another person without any any basis for that. Now, I'm an attorney. That's known as. Assuming facts, not in evidence. So if you try to assume a fact, not in evidence, uh, or a witness on the witness stand in court says something without any basis, assuming facts, not in evidence, that's an objection. And it has its, its basis in what's known as the us versus them syndrome. It's like our group is better than that group. And it's a very primitive and tribal thing that's a, that, that uh, comes out of the Stone Age. And now it's been over the, the thousands of years, it's used as our religion's better than your religion, our race is better than your race, our country's better than your country. And so when you have a prejudiced thought, and we all have prejudiced thought, this is not just a thing of white people against black people, um, it's people, people in general. And I remember one of my favorite uh, professors in college, he's African-American, and he told me, he said, no matter what you are, I can take you somewhere in the world where someone's going to hate you um, because, because of what you are, because of prejudice and prejudging you. So let's say 
you're you're somewhere and you see somebody who's different, different race, different ethnicity, different gender, religion, whatever, and immediately a prejudiced thought comes to you. The ARR technique is acknowledge this. Acknowledge that you're having that thought. Okay, I'm having this thought. I'm 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 being prejudiced. Recognize it. Recognize that this is negative energy because prejudice requires very little mental activity, but it requires a lot of energy to maintain that type of hatred. So then you recognize this is negative and what it's doing to you. And then replace is the second R. Replace it with a neutral thought. So if you see somebody, you know, that maybe is a Muslim or African-American or Latino or white, if you're, you know, somebody and, and you're prejudging them immediately replace that with a neutral thought. I have no reason to judge this person. I don't know anything about her. How can I, how can I judge? Because by doing that, the opposite of hate isn't, isn't love. It's total indifference. The opposite of love isn't hate. It's total indifference. So what you want to do is replace that negativity with, with a neutral thought. And, and when you start doing this, you'll find these prejudice and bigoted feelings begin to wither away. Beautiful. I love that. That was very interesting. Uh, I like the way that you did that because we, we all have to remind ourselves. I, I see that. And if nothing else, it makes you think. What, what saddens me in particular is that we have just laid to rest one of the greatest icons of the civil rights movement, yes. uh, right-hand man, uh, Martin Luther King. And I saw no change in rioting or vandalism or anything during the five days. This is a five-day tribute to this gentleman, uh, Congressman John Lewis. Didn't seem to affect anybody that needed to listen. It Well, you know, 2,000 years after Jesus, how many people who profess to be Christian are really acting in a Christ-like manner? True. And what's really sad about these protests is that I truly believe there's a lot of good people out there because they want to see changes implemented in law enforcement and, and in society in general. But then there's always this opportunistic criminal element that latches into that. And they have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or, or you know, peaceful protests or whatever group. But they're just thugs. They're criminals. And they're looking for an opportunity to loot and to steal. Uh, and this has always been the case um, in, in protests through, throughout time. But I, I think when the, the George Floyd discussion I've, I've watched that tape a couple times. It is, it is nauseating. And there was no reason for the police officer to have remained on his, on his neck for nine minutes. Okay, if they needed to take him down and mobilize him, he was handcuffed. I mean, there was four cops there. That shouldn't have happened. But as a legal analyst, I started looking at this, and it made me realize that this is very possibly going to be a major turning point in police techniques. The last time I believe that something of this magnitude occurred was in the case of Miranda versus Arizona, a United States Supreme Court case. And we've all heard of Miranda rights. Enrique Miranda was a thug. He was a murderer and he committed a horrific crime and the police literally beat a confession out of him. And it went up to the United States Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said that a confession cannot be coerced. 
it has to be voluntary after somebody is fully informed of his or her constitutional rights when they're under arrest. In other words, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney, and if you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. And those are the basic Miranda rights. And so after the Miranda decision initially, and this was back, I think, in the early, uh, this is in the 1960s, and I know law enforcement, and I was studying this in law school, law enforcement was like appalled, oh, my God, you know, look at this burden they're putting on us. But what it did is it started raising the standards of education for police. It started enhanced interrogation um, techniques uh, that, that didn't involve the rubber hose uh, and, and beating people uh, or depriving them of the ability to get to a bathroom. And what it did is it started causing police officers and detectives to be more highly trained. In other words, we ended up with better law enforcement because of the Miranda decision. So it is very possible that the George Floyd um, murder, and it was murder, is going to lead to, once again, another leap in police training technique, um, maybe sensitivity uh, and, and changing of tactics. So in loss, there is gain, as in gain, there is loss. And what happened to George Floyd and to other people in, in that situation is absolutely terrible. But perhaps it wasn't for nothing. Perhaps it will lead to something which, which can benefit all of us. And, and I'm saying that not so much from a, um, a philosophical standpoint as from a, a legal analyst standpoint. If I, if I can, one more, indulge me just a, a bit more. It's when police first started using video cameras. Initially, they were used in drunk driving cases so that they could film somebody under arrest, you know, touching, you know, do the field sobriety test, touch your nose, saying your ABCs, and so on and so forth. And what that started doing is, once again, that increased police training techniques, because now the police are on camera, they're interrogating somebody and running them through these field sobriety tests to determine whether or not they were under the influence of alcohol or controlled substance to the extent of impairment. In other words, they can't drive a car. Now we have police officers wearing body cams and we're getting much closer to a very accurate record of what is happening. That and we're living in the, the cell phone age where we're pretty much everything someone does in public either is or has the potential to be, to be on, on uh, digital. And I think that in, in the long run, I think that this is all going to lead to better law enforcement not more brutal law enforcement. And I know a lot of police officers. I have tremendous amount of respect for law enforcement and what they have to put up with. And we can't let a few rotten apples spoil the barrel. Exactly. Good point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I also like that your thoughts earlier about holding to our spiritual practices and uh, to remember that we have to do, I think we have to change people's hearts and minds as well and all up our game, you know, as well as the police, they're being asked to, uh, what do you think about the defunding uh, analogies going on? What what is your take on that? As long as I have you on this subject. Well, um, I, 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 you know, I like when Joe Biden said that's a bad idea because it's a bad idea. You don't Mm -hmm. slash the police budget. 
I mean, if, you know, thugs are kicking in your front door, who are you going to call a social worker? You know, we need well-trained police that have the proper equipment, training, uh, tools, and response time that they need. I think that the budgets of police and the techniques of police need to be reviewed and enhanced. But, you know, when, when I saw in Seattle, and I'm sure I'm about to tick off a bunch of people, that a police a, uh, department got overrun to turn into a community center and then uh, shooting started and then the police couldn't get in there to rescue people. I think that shows exactly what that is. You can, you can hate the police all you want, but do you really want to live in a world without them? And what I have been saying for years, and I, I was hoping it had started under the Obama administration, um, was the, the minority communities, African-American, Latino, whatever communities, their community leaders need to be working in concert with law enforcement to create um, a dialogue. And create a committee where they meet and talk. And there needs to be training on both ends, not just for the police, but also in the African-American and Latino community. Because when I was a little kid, if you got lost, my parents said, find a police officer. OK. And and um, and in, in some communities, the police are viewed as the enemy. And let's face it, if you're a toddler, I mean, no matter what, you know, color, uh, ethnicity, whatever gets lost, you want that baby to go find a police officer. OK, because, you know, they're going to save you. And I think that if this dialogue begins and that certain groups don't look at the police as the enemy and the police don't always look at other people as as um, guilty instantaneously, I think over time we're going to start seeing a shift. Look, we're not going to cure racism and prejudice uh, with a Harry Potter magic wand, okay? We, it's not going to change, but... It has to it has to begin. And and I, I'm going to say and I want to quote John Lewis because this quote just really touches my heartstrings. A lot of people say things like, Oh, well, I don't think that could happen in our lifetime. Yeah, it'll take some time, but you know, what can I do? And John Lewis posed this. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Right. Beautiful. And, and that, it gets back to us. And so I think these things need to be implemented now. Um, I'm certainly a realist. I don't expect the Republic of Kumbaya to open its doors in, in a month. Um, but we can we can change things. We can. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your insight. As usual, you are very uh, you're an amazing teacher, I would say, and speaker. Uh, I have seen you in person. You are dynamite. And I really appreciate you, all of your knowledge, sharing that with us. Because a lot of people, your background is such, so astounding. Um, everybody is saying on there, wow, the credentials. And yeah, he's, Mark is really smart. <laughs> he really is. Not well, only, I, you know, it, very humble. And, um, I, you know, it's, life is an adventure and a journey. And uh, there's been some things that have just been really wonderful. Um, something I don't think I've ever shared in an interview before. What a lot of people don't know is I was actually homeless for three months in my life. Um, it was right after I graduated college, and I lived in a 77 Dodge van. <laughs> I lived in this old van, <laughs> and um, um, it wasn't easy, and I didn't like it. Um, but I decided that's when, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, oh, I thought it'd be like, you know, a free spirit. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, 
sleeping in a van and, and waking up all grunty and dirty, I decided I needed to get a job, and that's what catapulted me to, to go to law school. I, I graduated college when I was 19, and I, you know, I, I thought I'd take some time, and I realized pretty quickly that I, I needed to put, uh, put myself to work, but it also showed me that we can't take anything for granted. Right. Uh, I've been I've been in parts of the world in the third world where clean water is something you don't take for granted. You know, when people talk about you know the police, I've been in places in South America that if you were running through the streets, the police will shoot you because they are assuming that you're running from a crime that you just committed. And so, yes, our you know we can complain about our police, but. Um, as Gandhi said, most people prefer their own bad government to the benevolent government of an alien power. Right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take, you know, and, and I was I was somewhere, I won't say where, but somebody was like, oh, America sucks. America's terrible. I said, well, where have you been? Oh, what do you mean? I go, what countries have you been? Oh, well, America sucks. I go, then go move to Cuba. Okay. I, I've been in communist dictatorships. And I have been in military dictatorships, communist dictatorships, abject poverty in the third world. Um, I, I've been in places that, that it's just horrifying what you see and, and what the government does to people. And I will take our own rotten to the core America over any of those in a second. Indeed. Absolutely. Let me ask you, we have a couple of people um, asking for some messages. Uh, I also want to point out that I was reading when I was reading one of your books, which I believe I read both of them and you probably have another one coming. We'll talk about that whenever you want to multiple meaning messages. Yes. Can, can you mention that to our viewers and listeners? What that, what you mean by that? Absolutely. During spirit communication, when a message comes through many times it can apply to more than one person and it can have more than one meaning. And, and one of my favorite uh, ways of explaining this happened at an event, oh gosh, probably about a year or so ago. Um, I was in front of um, about, about 200 people, and all of a sudden I get in my mind's ear, Paisley, Paisley, Paisley. And I'm going, I'm getting the word of the name Paisley. Does that make sense to anybody? And three people stood up. And the first lady said, this is going to sound weird, but I was at the mall today and I was walking by Macy's and I suddenly realized I should go buy a Paisley skirt. So I did. And then this gentleman said, I was going through my father's things. He died recently and I wanted his Paisley tie. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the last lady goes, well, my name is Paisley. And all of a sudden the spirits connected to all three of the Paisleys came through. And so what I see, have seen is that the other side is what I call a collective consciousness. Think of your soul as like a drop of water. And when we die, it, it leaves your, your brain and plunges into the eternal sea of consciousness. You maintain your individuality, but as an energy, you are linked to other spirits that are linked to other spirits that are linked to other spirits. And when you are working with spirit communication, um, a group of spirits will disconnect, and if particularly in a group setting, spirits with a commonality with each other or common to somebody in the in the audience. In other words, the Paisley factor was with a commonality. 
last night I did um, a a um, presentation for helping parents heal, and mm-hmm. there came a section where there there was a red Corvette, a young man who who died by suicide from hanging, and mm-hmm. something about bow ties and snakes. And I know that sounds really weird, but yeah. all of a sudden, about eight or nine people. It all resonated with them, and I knew exactly what the spirits were doing. They were coming through as a collective, and they gave me those factors which resonated with each of their parents. And they, and so I got the first person, then it arced over to the next, and to the next, and so on wow. and so forth. So, um, but I, that's a chapter. Multiple meaning messages is a chapter in my book, Evidence of Eternity, and I explained it in in, in great detail there. So that could happen. So let's, that could it, happen. Here. It could. It could. Well, the first one we have is um, Amla, A-M-L-A. And uh, her questions, she says, hi, quick psychic question. I've done so much weeding out of people who don't serve me. Do you, yay, do you see me in a relationship or partnership? Possibly August or September. <laughs> Well, what are you doing about it? Okay. I mean, let's take the psychic aspect out of it, Amla. Um, Everybody wants to be in a relationship. Everyone wants to be liked and loved. But what are you doing about it? Are you the type of person you'd want to be involved with? Are you doing something to enhance yourself uh, physically, mentally, spiritually? And you have to realize that he or she, you know, depending on, on the case, is out there looking for you as well. But, you know, um, I'm not a fortune teller. I am a medium and I connect with spirits on the other side. If they want to bring up something about a future relationship, then they will. But um, I, my suggestion is use good old common sense and you're going to do the best with somebody that you have things in common with. So and, and it's funny, Caroline, you probably see this, too. You go to these spiritual events and it, 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 it's changing now. Okay, in my events, we're getting uh, 30 to 50% of men. You're getting men that are more interested in spirituality. But it used to be there's one guy to every 50 women because somebody dragged her husband with him, and he didn't want to do this, and he doesn't understand this stuff. And I noticed that very spiritual women with uh, an interest in mediumship and psychic phenomenon tend to be married to guys that had the spirituality of a brick. And (laughs) <laughs> and, and how do those relationships usually go <laughs> like that? So it's very important for you to have somebody in your life that has common values and interests. And that extends to the spiritual. That doesn't mean that that there won't be the passion and the love. But, you know, use common sense. Be involved with somebody that, that has similar interests. And uh, I think you can't go wrong there. There you go. See? That was a quick psychic question. You know, when people, um, well, you're a psychic medium, right? Right. Psychic in the uh, in the form of uh, psychic detecting, psychic like clairvoyant, psychic. See, I differentiate the way I say I look at it. I do some psychic work, and I'm a medium. My soul, my sole purpose is being a medium, a connection to your loved ones in spirit. But I will get asked a lot, and I will see what spirit has to say, their family in particular, what they have to say about the comings and goings that are going on 
in someone's life. Now, that's not really a psychic interpretation. But when you say, to, so to me, I'm kind of delivering advice from the other side, from your spirit people. That's the way I put it. Right, exactly. When you say psychic, what are you referring to, Mark? Are you referring to, explain that just a little bit. Right. The term psychic and medium tend to be used interchangeably. Right. Psychic is is the field, but there's it's like saying I'm a doctor. Well, are you a general practitioner, a podiatrist, uh, an endodontist, a neurobiologist? It, it's it's like lawyers too. You know, uh, are you a personal injury lawyer, criminal offense lawyer, wills and probate? And every um, medium. And a medium is somebody who communicates with spirits. Um, in, in a nutshell, if you want to know about your job, um, love, life, and future, see a psychic. If you want to talk to dead people, see a medium. Right. And <laughs> but but every medium also has psychic ability, but right. not every psychic has mediumistic ability. Right. Um, and so, I don't know if there's any clear lines of demarcation because. Um, I, I prefer to trust the guidance of spirits. So during a reading, if a question like Amla's came up about, you know, love, life, and career, the spirits may answer it. Yes. And and it all has to do with the energy that we're tuning into. As in a psychic reading, you're tuning into the vibrational energy, the frequency of the person. So you can discern things of their past, present, and future. Whereas a medium, you're tuning into the frequency of another dimension, which is the other side. And I trust their guidance more because they're patched into the collective consciousness of an infinite number of spirits. Plus, on that type of energetic level, there's no time in the sense that we would understand it on the quantum level. Ergo, they can perceive events in what you and I would call the future. So that's why I tend to trust their advice more than, you know, the feeling I'm getting off of you about whether or not you're going to you know have a hot date by September 2nd. Right. Good point. Thank you very much for sharing that. So let me ask you, you uh, have done paranormal investigation as well, right? And what's your, what's your take on that? Does your psychic ability? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's, Look, I'm going to say this to everybody. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt, let's call it a paranormal investigation. Put yeah. it on your bucket list. Everybody should go on one at, at the very least. It's interesting. And it's always good when you go with um, people that try to employ the scientific method as opposed to walking into, well, this house is haunted with demons. All right. So they've already got a preconceived mo- notion. The scientific method is empirical objective observation of something you gather evidence and information and then you analyze it and then you draw your opinions and conclusions after the fact as opposed to going in with a preconceived notion and case in point um, my manager rocky she travels with me on all my events we were at the stanley hotel at a par- i was uh, speaking at a paranormal conference there and the stanley hotel in estes park colorado Put it on your your must-see list. First off, it's right near um, Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, the Stanley Hotel is supposed to be one of the most haunted locations in North America. Um, And and so 
it's a fairly large complex and it's like the elegance of the old West meets, you know, 21st century. So it's kind of like you're walking into, you know, a Western, but you know, you got hot water <laughs> and um, we what they did is, is uh, they set up like seven different locations. They meaning the conference and put uh, paranormal investigators in seven different rooms and locations and buildings on the, the Stanley property, and they had the ultraviolet, the what's known as K2 meters, EVT, EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, where, you know, you're listening to see what you can hear on, on certain frequencies that uh, are supposed to be the voices of spirits. And we noticed a big difference between some of the paranormal investigators. Rocky and I were in one location, and we could hear the EVP. And, and and he goes, oh, my God, it said demon, it said demon. And Rocky and I both heard Stephen. We heard Stephen. I, I think he said, no, 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 it was demon. And it's like, well, wait a second. You're immediately jumping to a conclusion mm-hmm. that it said demon. And I heard Stephen. And we we're at another um, site, uh, room. I think it's room 417. That's supposed to be the most haunted location at the Stanley. And when Jim Carrey was there, I think he was filming Dumb and Dumber. He stayed in that room. He wanted to. And they said around three in the morning, he got up screaming and ran out of the room and refused to ever go back. And I don't know if he saw something or he was just, you know, being Jim Carrey, Um, which either way is cool. You know, and and so um, um, we were in there and um, there was about a dozen people. And the ghost hunter had all, or the paranormal investigator had his equipment set up, and all of a sudden it all starts lighting up. The K2 meters all start flashing, indicating that there is an enhanced level of electromagnetic energy and the and the EVP and everything. And I kid you not, swear, swear to God, as a member of the United States Supreme Court, Florida, and Washington, D.C. bar, on the wall, the huge shadow began to form. And this oh. is what's known as the shadow people. And the shadow people is a phenomenon um, where it's a spiritual entity, possibly an interdimensional visitor. In other words, a visitor from another dimension, which could also be a spirit. Yes. And it looked like the outline of a person. Well, of course, everyone like runs away. We're like, ah, you know. And so I walk up to it. They're like, Mark, don't. And I said, there's an elderly grandfather type figure. And I'm clutching my heart. And I feel like there's a heart attack because I'm getting this numb feeling running down my whole left side of my body. And he's holding a ginger colored tabby. And so this one young lady, I I hear her crying and she steps towards me. She goes, my grandfather, he died of a heart attack about a month ago. And my ginger tabby just died last week. And it was her grandfather coming through. And for whatever reason, he actually um, created this big shadow on the wall. And, of course, you know, the paranormal investigator is, this is a shadow person. And he was furious with me. This girl was crying. She hugged me. She was so happy because she was really close to her grandfather. And when everyone left, he goes, don't you do readings? He was furious. Why? Because I took the scary out of it. Ah. And, And it bothers me. When I see paranormal investigators going into a situation with a preconceived notion that everything is demonic, everything is evil, everything is negative, that is not the scientific method. That is not objective analysis. And so that's that's um, the problem 
in um, in, in that particular uh, line line of uh, of study. Uh, but there are plenty of investigators who go into it with an open mind to let's gather the data and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well put. Thank you. And I'm sure that message was, I have to say, I watched you give messages and uh, you were incredible and, and deliver with a, such an empathy and heartfelt feeling. It really um, is very touching, Mark. Thank, thank you. Well, well, thank you. well yeah. you know, as mediums, we have to. Um, I'm a medium, but I've lost my parents. I was very close to them. I've lost my 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 two, well, three three of my best friends, uh, two of my very best, and a very dear friend recently. Um, my uncle and uh, who was my godfather, and uh, my mother's sister, my aunt. I mean, all very you know, and it hurts. Even though I'm a medium and I can perceive them, it hurts. And and I never lose sight of the fact when I'm doing a reading that I'm doing a reading for somebody who is hurting. Yeah, thank you for that. That is the point. That is the point that why we do this work, right? That is the point. I have another question for you. Amy, Serena, I would like a message, please. Whoops, it just moved. My ex-husband, John, or any messages? Okay, is ex-husband, John, did she pass? Yes. Stand by. Okay. Okay, there's a male energy coming through, and what I'm getting with him, uh, keep tasting blood, 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 blood. So this could be an indication that there could have been an internal hemorrhage, possibly a bleed out. Uh, I'm not so sure about the bleed out, but there was something going on with his blood, and I'm also tasting it in my, or, or feeling it in my sinuses. And this is really, really weird. And this may not be her ex-husband. This could be somebody else connected to her, but I'm getting an infection in the blood. It's like a blood poisoning, like a sepsis, like a sepsis. And I'm getting that he was so sick and so weak toward the end. And I'm getting like his body was so filled with white, um, white corpuscles um, that he was fighting this infection. And it seemed like he was being flooded with antibiotics, but they appeared to be ineffective at some point. Does that make any sense, Amy? She's saying, uh, I think she said um, suicide. All right. Does that does that make sense with anybody else in the chat room? There's a gentleman who died from a massive infection with his blood. Now, a blood infection could also indicate like a cancer of the blood, like leukemia. But I'm getting a male because um, I'm look. He looks very emaciated. He appears to be Caucasian, and I can actually see like. Um, the, the veins in his arms and like the bones and I'm seeing the ribs. So he had that draining sensation that a lot of people get when they have cancer. It could also be HIV because cancer um, and like leukemia and HIV read very similar. I get this draining, emaciated sensation. Is that resonating with anybody else? Let's see what she says. I'm, I'm sure that'll that's going to pop up. How about let me ask you this one. Um Oops, I am. Okay, new comments. Let's see. No, no, that that's not not John, Amy. I'm sorry, I, John's not coming through for me. This this other okay. guy, and it may not be for Amy. It could be for somebody else um, in the chat room because I'm getting a guy here that he his death took a real long time, and it seems like an anniversary of his death is coming up sometime in August in the Leo time frame. Leo time frame that keeps getting reiterated in the Leo time frame. We're in Leo now. 
runs roughly July 22nd to August 22nd. So there could be births, deaths, anniversaries, or events connected to the person um, that's receiving the message or to um, the, this spirit in, within the Leo time frame. Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, Laura Romero. She would like any message from anyone departed. Right, but here's the thing. The spirit won't let me go, so instead of throwing other people at me, I want okay. somebody in the the um, chat room to see if there is a male close to them who died in this fashion because this spirit wants to make a connection. Oh, I'm looking, and I hope it's not for me because it's not jingling. Oh, Amla, who you read before about the psychic question, said her uncle died of a brain hemorrhage. Okay, Amla, did he have a real emaciated look, and did it take um, some time for him to pass? In other words, this wasn't like right away. This is a draining sensation throughout his body. In August, long time to pass. We All right, Amla, okay. All right, very good. And that was your uncle. All right, now, hold on. He said, you are going to find true love, but it's um, not going to be right away. But you're going to start meeting three different men in December. And he said, and you hold your horses, Missy. He said, don't you go too fast with these guys. They have to prove themselves worthy of you. Good. Wow. And that's how, <laughs> that's how it works, right, Mark? That's oh, my gosh. And Amla, I know this is going to sound really goofy because this is like one of those airy fairy things, but your uncle keeps transmitting to me, I swear, image of a rainbow and a unicorn. And that has got to be the most new agey cliche symbol. But I'm seeing, and, and it looks more like almost like a cartoon, rainbow, unicorn. Does that make any sense to you in any way? Like maybe you have a sticker of it or a, a picture of that or something, but... It just sounds ridiculously corny, but he thinks it's funny. Let's see if we get it. That was great. That's great. I love the way they deliver this. I know. It's also when they hit you right out of the blue. Oh, gosh. Is John deceased? Let's see. I'm not seeing anything about a unicorn yet here, Mark. Oh, wait. That's hilarious. So my language, yes. Peace, love, child. Yes, it's so me. Peace, love, child. I think that's what she's trying to do. All right, so we're getting the groovy baby, unicorn, peace, love, and yeah. all is groovy. Um, cool. Amala, what's with you and raisins? Raisins. Now, raisins can mean you love raisins or hate raisins because dislikes are just as important as likes when it comes to identifying characteristics. It could be with you. It could be with him. However, raisins are also one of my triggers for Northern California. Why? Because of the vineyards. And also that's one of the things they produce um, there because of the grapes is vineyards. So this could be like a like or dislike raisins. It could have something to do with Northern California, the vineyards area. And the other possibility is Raisins are high in iron, and I'm tasting an iron taste in my mouth, so that could be an indicator he is pointing out some issue with you involving iron. Now, that being said, I realize a lot of women that tend to be um, iron deficient and, and anemic, um, but I don't bring it up unless I get it, and I'm tasting an iron taste, and I'm tasting raisins. Does any of that make sense? That would be 
iron, it can make too much or too little, Northern California, or you love or hate raisins. And that would be a multiple meaning message if it was all of them. Aha, she doesn't like raisins. Boom. (laughs) When a spirit gives me a message of an explanatory or advisory nature, and the advice and explanation was about you and meeting somebody. Oh, and she's iron deficient. So there's two, multiple meaning message. Um, so, so he's talking about, yes, she will meet somebody, but it's got to be a man who proves himself worthy of her. And it has to do with, with, um, um, basically he said, keep your standards where they are. And that was the advice and explanation. And then when they followed that up with an objectively verifiable fact, raisins, she doesn't like raisins. And secondly, she's iron deficient. Those verifiable facts are how the spirit is letting you and I know that we have properly received and interpreted the message. So, Amala, things are looking good for you. Let's get the iron um, uh, and the anemia under control. And I I have a great feeling this is opening um, the doors to you. Hey, Amala, do you like, um, he's showing me, do you like more fair-haired guys, like fair skin? Because he's showing me a guy that looks very Irish, and I'm seeing a, um, a shamrock, and a shamrock is an indicator. It could be connection to Ireland or someone of Irish heritage. It could also be because of that, a Pat, Patrick, Patricia, but it could also indicate an event within the month of March, births, deaths, anniversaries, or events connected to you, your uncle, or mystery date in the month of March. Wow. Well, you're really getting a great message here. See what she says. Also, a lot of times when messages come through, they will not immediately make sense to you. It requires a period of afterthought and reflection. Ooh, yes, I date guys who are Irish. <laughs> crazy. Okay, Amla, Amla, your your uncle is cooking. Um, you know what I really like about him is yes, he was your uncle, but in a way, he feels very paternalistic towards you like a father figure and what's with the hand gliding you going hand gliding what's with hand gliding hand gliding hand glide you know like when you get behind a boat and you're on that that giant kite and it takes you oh. up in the sky hand gliding they don't want to leave you do they mark no, I'm open, and they're like, on me. Yeah. Um, look, I'll just tell you what he's talking about, the hand gliding. I don't know if you've gone hand gliding, but he said, don't you dare go hand gliding. <laughs> okay? So if you meet some, you know, Irish guy that wants to go hand gliding, mm, he's not the one. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, father figure. My bucket list to do is hand yeah. gliding. All right, X-nay, no yeah. way on the hand gliding, Amla. Okay, the other side is saying, basically, this is the type of message. If you want to see your uncle sooner than you'd like, go hand gliding. Okay, and, and I'm, being, I'm being facetious there. Um, but this is what I refer to as spirit intervention. And when a spirit comes in and talks about an activity, you want to go hand gliding, that's on your bucket list. And he's coming in and saying, do not do this. Okay, he's intervening. Okay, don't go. All right, very good. You have received the message. She is not going. 
Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people enjoy doing that. Um, oh, thank you, Amal. That's very kind of you to say. Um, but let's, you know, thank thank your uncle. Is spirit intervention is another aspect of of um, mediumship, and they can intervene uh, oftentimes in medical and sometimes in a situation like this because they want to head off at the pass a potentially dangerous behavior or activity. And uh, that's what your uncle's doing. So I'll leave that with you, Amala. So the way, uh, Mark, the way you that you work, everybody works a little differently. The way you're working is you're the, the most dominant, I'm assuming, or outspoken spirit that comes to you is who you're going with. Right. Like her uncle really wanted to get in here. Well, it it depends on the situation. In this case, her uncle wanted to get this message through to her no matter what. And he was extremely persistent. Sometimes if, you know, you get, you know, two or three, okay, no responses, they'll back off. But he was not going to back off. So he wanted to answer her question about the relationship, but even more importantly, to address the, um, the iron protein issue that she's having. And even more importantly, the don't go hand gliding uh, issue. I mean, you know, hand gliding is great. It's fun. It's exciting. A lot of people like doing it, but um, he foresees disaster in, in that particular case. Um, so. That's great. You're, uh, you're welcome, Mamla. Uh, Mark floating around. I have five minutes left. Do you have anyone else? Mm. Want to deliver that wants you to deliver a message? Yeah, I'm getting a younger female coming through, and I feel like I'm drowning. Now, drowning could mean actually drowning, or it could mean her lungs are filling up with fluid, like a um, pneumonia, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, con- congestive congestive heart failure. But um, mm-hmm. I actually feel like I'm drowning. I mean, I feel like I'm going underwater. And when I say younger female, I'm trying to get a fix on her age. She was a little girl. Um, I would think probably under 10, I feel like kind of like around five to seven years of age. And um, this is terrible. And I'm feeling cramps in my legs. It feels like the water was cold. She got a cramp and she went under and uh, she really tried. But uh, the water was cold. It was really cold water. Is that resonating with anybody? Yeah, this definitely, definitely was a drowning because the way uh, the spirit's depicting herself, she looks wet. So that would be an indicator of, of a drowning. And, you know, let's not get so hooked on the five to seven. This could be even younger, but I'm kind of thinking five to seven. For some reason, this resonates with people on here. Someone could it be that someone survived a drowning? That could be. That very well could be. Okay. So who is it that survived the, the drowning? I don't know, but I think we have had that either with another guest, with my, I don't think I got it, but I've had, I have a lot of mediums on and we do get oh, a lot of. This, this person died. This person oh, did not survive. Okay. I mean, as soon as okay. you said that, my lungs hurt and it was like, okay. I'm seeing the. Bubbles going out of her mouth. No, she drowned. Okay. So let's see. Well, if they do, jump on here with that. They obviously want to come through. This is a young 
She wants to get a message through to her mommy. Her mom, oh my God. She says, mommy never forgave herself. Mommy never forgives herself. Mommy blames herself. And I get the feeling that like um, mommy maybe wasn't paying attention for a couple minutes, um, but she keeps reiterating and repeating, mommy won't forgive herself. Now, this may not be the daughter of somebody in the chat room. This right. could be for somebody who knows the mother. This so is that's why. Yeah. So this this child may have been trying to get through um, right. through you. So you may be the common denominator, Carol Ann, in that. Uh, whoever this is targeted at comes and listens to your show. Mm. Um, yes, so. I think that's what we've got here. That's what's going on. And yeah. it's not the first time she's tried to come in. So, well, yeah, I know we're almost out of time. Um, what I want to let let you and your listeners know, Caroline, if people want to schedule a one on one telephone reading with me, um, please go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com. Please mention Caroline or in the psychic flow in the application form, and you will be um, eligible for a reduction on, on uh, my fee for the reading. So if you mentioned Carol Ann or In the Psychic Flow uh, on the application form for reading on my website, evidenceofeternity.com. And please, when you visit my website, sign up for my newsletter so you know when I'll be back on Carol Ann's show and other shows and what I'm doing and uh, the staff's my upcoming book. And please, um, once you go to my website, you can follow me on social media, YouTube, etc. And that's all through evidenceofeternity.com. Mark, thank you so much for being with thank us you. tonight. Thank you, all of our oh, listeners and viewers. Thank you so much. Join us next week. Carl Petrie, psychic, clairvoyant, independent filmmaker, and author of Absent Witness joins us. So I hope you'll be with us. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.